That's really cool. It means irreplaceable. <laughs> you're going to be singing that over Liberty one day. Yes, definitely. <laughs> You, you, know, really, you really messed me up now because, uh, you know, we grew up with uh, Veggie Tales, so now yeah. I'm, I'm seeing Bob the Tomato. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's messing me up. It's, it also said she's the size of a mango. So, tomato, mango. <laughs> and I know no fruit weeks. named uh, from Veggie Tales of a mango, so maybe I should <laughs> yeah. focus on the mango. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was thinking that too, if you like to talk to tomatoes, whatever that song is. <laughs> Bob I'm like, the Tomato. Yes, yes. She's going to be born this February, so we're almost. Halfway through, it feels like it's taking forever some days. But then some days I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm ready. So, I don't no, know. Lots of emotions. You're never ready. 58 years, and what's your 26? See, 26 yeah. later, we're still not ready. So Yeah. Yeah, I know our whole world is about to change. It's like right now we're working on potty training the puppy, and our kitten is just a lot of work. So I'm like, I can't imagine potty training a child. Like, this has been very hard with these puppy pads. Don't, don't stick their nose in. That's very bad for you. <laughs> yeah. No, we won't do that. Now, I'm here talking to my dad, talking about Sukkot, and this is something that anybody can celebrate and be a part of you don't have to be jewish you no know? it's the feast of the lord to the lord in fact and that's why a lot of times i um one of the longing goals in my heart is that we all might come to terms with this reality that these these were thought of by god and they're eternal in fact this is called the feast so you can read through the old testament of uh when you get to the end times and the thousand year reign and beyond on the new heavens and the new earth you'll hear them talking about the feast uh, that they'll be celebrating so jesus will literally be reigning from Jerusalem mm. and will be coming just like the Jews would have come from wherever they are for this feast to celebrate him. So, I mean, just from a prophetic perspective, it's, just, it's cool to learn and to engage this kind of a feast. So, uh, there's a, a couple of things that make this uh, pretty exciting. We, we talked a little bit from a New Testament perspective of what Jesus was doing at the feast. And for the next couple of breaks, actually got a little bit more of uh, where Jesus was interacting in the feast. But this was such a big festival. I, I hope you can get the concept. Literally streams of Jewish families, farmers, shepherds, merchants, craftspeople, rabbis, scribes, and scholars, it doesn't matter which you are or who you are, they're all together streaming into town from everywhere into Jerusalem, not just every part of Israel, but they're coming from Syria and Babylonia and from Egypt, and they've all made their way to Jerusalem to celebrate day and night nonstop for eight days. And the last day of the feast became known as the Great Day, which had lots of special ceremonies to mark the day. The most spectacular of these was the water drawing ceremony. Now, this is the seventh day. The eighth day is kind of an extra day, but this is the Great Day. So there's this water drawing ceremony. And I don't mean like drawing with a pen, but drawing with a cup. Here's what it looked like back at the time of Jesus. There was this parade of worshipers led by the priest to the Pool of Siloam. You've been there a number of times, and you know you wind up. There's a stairway that goes up where you usually bring your offering, so it's it's the easiest journey up to the Temple Mount. Mm. So you're down at the Pool of Siloam, and the priest has two golden pitchers. One is for wine. He fills the other with water from the pool, and you're going to pour these out as as an offering. So this is the first place and the only place really you have priests playing flutes is at this festival. So the the flutes begin to play. A choir of Israel, Israelites are chanting the Psalm 118. Then the Kohanim sound their trumpets. The Levites have their flutes and lyres and cymbals and every sort of instrument. And all the people are joined in song. So you're, it's, you know, you've got tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. And they're all journeying along for the water ceremony. It's at dawn, too. So you got to wake up early. Even the 
elders with big long white beards, they are dancing wildly, singing at the top of their lungs. And there are detailed stories written of acrobatic feats and juggling acts. They're juggling flaming torches. I mean, do you get the idea that this water drying ceremony, it's a big deal. One yeah, a rabbi, Yehoshua ben Levi, said, if you never saw the celebration of the water drying, you never saw a celebration in your life. So, I mean, this is, for them, massive big deal. The whole procession heads back to the temple here, uh, up take on the, the pilgrimage trail up to the, from through the water gate. A uh, trumpet sounds as the priest enters the temple area. He approaches the altar, and you get those two silver basins are waiting for the pitchers, and he pours wine into one as a drink offering to the Lord and water from the pool of Siloam to the other so that they both empty at the same time. And this is where, again, we run into Jesus. John 7. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Yeshua, Jesus, stood and cried out, saying, If any man thirsts, mm. let him come to me and drink. Mm -hmm. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, if that sounds familiar, his words about living water were similar to what he told the woman at the well a few chapters earlier in Samaria. But... This time, he wasn't alone at a well with a woman. He was in a huge crowd whose focus was totally on water. And he's quoting Isaiah 12, which is perfect because the people had been repenting of their sins for over 40 days, hoping that somehow by a Yom Kippur, God would forgive them for their shortcomings and failures and sin and rebellion and would seal their name in the book of life. So the first verse of Isaiah 12 was perfect. And in that day, you will say, Oh, Jehovah, I will praise you. Though you are angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Mm -hmm. So they have this sense now that their sin has been taken care of and he's there to comfort them. The Feast of Tabernacles comes four days after that Day of Atonement. And finally, your fate is supposed to be finalized now, finally, at this water drawing ceremony. They built their sukkahs. They've been staying in them for a week. They're in the midst of this water-pouring ceremony, and they begin to recite the same verses they do every year. But again, this year, Yeshua is there, preaching and ministering, probably with a gentle smile on his face and piercing eyes. And now his name has been reverberating everywhere as the crowds continue shouting, Hoshana, or the Hosanna in English, which means save us, or literally, Yeshua us. <laughs> Kind of funny. As Yeshua stood in the middle of the great crowd teaching during the water ceremony, he proclaimed himself their long-awaited Messiah in a language unique to every moment of their life. It just got a boom right there. His name was even the focus of the verses, every verse. It would have been hard to miss the connection to Jesus. Here's the rest of Isaiah 12, but we'll read it in Hebrew too so we don't miss the best part, right? So... I'm just going to go verse by verse. Hine el Yeshua, batalo pahad, which is to say, it is certain that God is my salvation, my Yeshua. I will trust and not be afraid. Or in Hebrew, hine Yehovah Yeshua, I'll trust and not be afraid. So they're literally just declaring his full name because Yehoshua, remember, means Yehovah is Yehovah is salvation. Mm. So the very beginning of the verse is just saying, it's like saying Jesus. Next comes Kiyazimram uh, Ya Yehovah, Hayani, guess what? Yeshua. For Yah, God, Yehovah, is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. So, once again, in Hebrew, Yehovah, 
Hayani, which means has become, Yeshua, my salvation. So Yehovah has become my Yeshua, my salvation. So again, you've just said his name, Yoshua, one more time. The entire three verses, they're a little bit different, but they all mean the exact same thing. And finally, Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And what are they doing? They're drawing waters from the wells. But the, what are the wells? And according to this verse, the wells are Yeshua, Jesus. Mm. So this water ceremony was held to thank God for his provision and to ask him to provide rain for the crops in the coming year. See, today we, we take water for granted. We turn the tap on, water pours out. But in the Middle East, back in the first century, water was pretty scarce. The people were dependent on God for the rains that were so vital to life. And they're pouring out water. This is the point of the ceremony. It's precious. All to say, come quickly, Messiah. We trade everything for you. You're more precious. So, and it's all about Yeshua. So, just as a side note, there's two very significant kinds of water sources. Genesis 26 and Isaiah dug again the wells of water, which they dug in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham and Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of springing water there. All right, so wells of water and springing water. Wells are efforts of man's hard labor. Springs come to you as a gift of God. Now, jump forward to John 7. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So in Hebrew, the phrase spring water literally means living water. So it's a source from God, not from your hard work. So this is part of the significance of the story of the woman at the well, in case you never heard. When Jesus spoke of the spring type of water, he said, I could give you living water. Now we know he means himself, but she knew there was no spring around there. She lived there. So he must be talking about prophecy you see back in the exodus time the rock they carried in the desert they brought forth water it came from rephidim and merida they were carrying it with them and it was springing forth water jesus prophesied about this living or springing water and the woman recognized the promise was of a future moses or of a future messiah and so here we are at the feast of tabernacles and you got the same thing going on this is me i'm the one from from Maribon Refro. This is me. So it's a huge thing if you if you understand the language. Now we would not be able to take this time and to actually talk about all these things if we were not nonprofit, you know, you're the one funding this kind of ministry. And we want to thank Sarah and Dominic over at Fraser Roofing. And they're blessing communities all over Georgia, all over upstate South Carolina. And they offer roof inspections, roof repairs, and roof replacements. And their contact number is 770-800-ROOF. Coming up, they're bringing you the Gray Havens and Alyssa Smith and Stephanie Gretzinger. And all of this is going to be posted later on on the More Music app, on our website. You know, you can find some older clips, too, from, you know, past teachings. (laughs) All the way back to 2015. Yes, years, years of teaching and preaching and just understanding these holidays a little bit more. We're talking about Sukkot, and we're going to be continuing the conversation until at least 10 o'clock.